The views expressed in the following program are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of Saga 960 AM or its management. Trending Twitter like a bomb Tens of thousands on his lawn He's even followed by your mom What? Broadcasting live Here is your warning The topics are flowing Every Saturday morning Car talk like Sherlock The guy knows wheels like a Dow stock Movie talk on a boardwalk Shoot facts like a tomahawk So entertaining Turn up the station There's no more waiting The show is beginning It's too late to escape Let's go Here's your host Greg Saturday morning. Yes, I love you. Yes, I miss you too. You know, I've been debating whether it's one or two people that don't give my love for a long time. It's two. It, it is two. There are two of you that I don't love. You know who you are. Yes, you know who you are. You know exactly who I'm talking about. Everybody else, there's love for everyone. Except those two. Good morning, Nick. How are you? Good morning, Greg. (laughs) (laughs) It was a very spirited conversation before we make it on air this morning, folks. Unfortunately, with my crew here at the Carrasco Show, everybody suffers from performance anxiety. (laughs) We just love listening to you, man. (laughs) Oh, no, no, no. Well, at least somebody does, but... uh, I, I I couldn't possibly miss the opportunity of sending a big shout out to our favorite and biggest fan, the uh, uh, the basement dweller. Uh, you, you were in my mind this morning. I um, <laughs> he's, he's making he's making his presence known once again. Oh yeah, he knows. He knows. He knows. You know he he should probably have a shower. You know it's been, it's been too long. You know. <sighs> 
I know, I know, but uh, I've, I've heard his mother is starting to complain about the smell. It's coming from the basement. <laughs> we all know it's coming from the basement. You know, he sent me an email yesterday. Uh, pardon me, last Saturday, saying, "No, you know, look at you using your platform to promote your business." Uh, duh, <laughs> this is what we do. We promote my businesses. Yes, Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity, and also Octa BJJ in Oakville. Yes, they're my businesses. I promote them. It's, it's my show. What's wrong with you? Why wouldn't I? It's so silly. Um, but anyways, it's been an interesting week, and uh, I am super happy to be here. And as usual, the show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. We are the home of the no commission salespeople. And I've been saying this for the better part of the last two years. Most of you are just getting acquainted with the whole notion of having no commission salespeople. And the lines are open. It's, it's 8.05 in the morning. 289-275-9600 is a phone number. And uh, we can talk about all sorts of different things. If you're looking at buying a car, if you're looking at selling a car, if you're looking at leasing a car, if you're looking at making a decision between one vehicle or another, if you want to find out what your trade is worth, this is your show. I am your man. There's only one condition, though. You need to have a thick skin. Carrasco doesn't care about your feelings. So I'm going to help you. I'm going to spit some truths. That's what I'm going to do this morning. And you may not like what I have to say, as it usually happens, but I can tell you this. You, we, you will be very, very hard-pressed to find another car show or just radio show in general, with the exception of Richard Threat. Okay, I'll, I have to say that because Richard is a pretty cool, he's a cool cat. <sighs> To hear more raw, straightforward approach to things in life. And as it pertains to the show, the car industry, we reserve this hour to talk about this beloved industry of mine that is going through a metamorphosis. Let's hope that it doesn't turn into a cockroach. Kafka would be inclined to think so. Do you know what I'm talking about, Nick? Not exactly. Have you ever heard of Kafka, the author? No. In the book Metamorphosis? No. I strongly suggest that you pick it up and read. It's, a, it's, a, it's an actual fun read. Okay. Uh, have you uh, have you heard of it, Jody? You never have, eh? Sorry, I was saying yes to, t- to like, good job to Lex right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I, I got a thumbs up and I thought, oh, wow, I'm, I'm impressed with Jody, but... Uh, <laughs> I'll take it back. <laughs> take it back. Um, big shout out to the crew at Oak, Octa BJJ in Oakville. The uh, school is just exploding. We um, The goal is to be up to 100 members by the end of June. We are very, 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 very close of achieving that. My partner, Professor Luis, is just an absolute beast and rock star. And our coaches, Sean, Dasha, Ben, uh, and from time to time, Roman is helping. Derek is helping. Is helping. Josh, Jen, I love you all, guys. You guys are doing an amazing job. And uh, you know, I, I have to tell you something that um, I've, I've been looking at jujitsu in a different way over the last week or so because I got sick. Lex, you know, you deal with uh, combat sports in your uh, in your show. You have a podcast at, uh, about wrestling and, and fighting, no? Yes, it's uh, Ringside Heat on, yeah, right here on the station in the evenings on Saturday and Sunday. You know, something interesting happened to me this past week or so. 
um, since I opened the school, I have been at the school every single day with my buddy Louise uh, for a minimum of three to three and a half hours a day. And this doesn't include the sanitation and this is disinfection that we do every single day. So I was counting that I had done close to 60 rounds of fighting in the previous two weeks. And, um, and something happened, man. I, I hit a wall about 10 days ago. My liver started to hurt. Uh, oh, wow. My ability to concentrate just like disappear. My, uh, my joints, my knees, my elbows, and, and, and mostly just my overall, my body was just shutting down on me. So it's like, what is happening here? Wow. I, I don't know exactly what took place, but it, I, like to, uh, I like to think that um, my inability to recognize my age uh, took the best of me over the last month or so. And uh, I, am, I am 50 after all, and uh, uh, I'm not behaving like one. So I, ha- I had to take the last week and a half off. So I haven't, I haven't trained a role. I have been helping with the classes whenever I can. And um, there is a specific class that we have at the school that is just, oh, my God. <laughs> It's, it's, I can't even describe it because I I would get emotional about it. But we have four to six year old little girls and little boys that come and train with us at the school, and it's the I kid you not, it's cuteness overload. You go into that class and it's like ah, I want ten of them. It's impossible. That's not, amazing. Not to want kids when you see them at that age, but folks. Do not be fooled. It's a trap. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Uh, we have a lot to talk about. We are going to hold our sales meeting uh, on the other side of the break. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. We are Canada's largest automotive radio show. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. And until the end of the month, Bring us your vehicle before you trade it in anywhere. If you want to sell a car, we're in the business of buying cars these days. <laughs> if you agree with what we're giving you for your vehicle, we will provide you with the highest price, but also with a $1,000 gas card that will last you for two days in Justin Trudeau's economy. Thank you, Justin. We don't love you. Let's go for a break. We'll be right back. Never mentions the word addiction in certain company. Yes, she tell you she's an orphan. When I cross the street, it's the cars that have to look both ways. <laughs> I'm Chuck Norris, and you're listening to the Greg Carrasco Show. Hi guys, this is Roberto Alomar, and you are listening to the one and only The Greg Carrasco Show. Get up that great big hill of hope. Fall 
to music anymore you listen to podcasts right that's what you do oh no I'm, I'm a professional musician as well man what do you play i play piano play guitar bass i sing i do a whole bunch of stuff man oh wow look at this a multi-talented man i just use the guitar to drown out the sound of my awful voice when i sing <laughs> that's the only reason why i use the guitar but you know i i, I need to send a big shout out to my um to my homeboy, Mantequilla, man. Mantequilla is uh, the nickname for Sean Ryan. Sean Ryan is my sales manager at uh, Oakville Nissan. And uh, him and I have made it a bit of a tradition now that every Thursday or Friday morning, we get together in my office and we 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 think through a a playlist that we uh, we bring to you every Saturday morning. I take a lot of pride in that song list that we play on Saturday mornings because it traditionally just speaks of what my head is at. And uh, one of these days, I'm going to download the entire playlist and put it available somewhere because it's, um, there's some pretty good tunes that we come up with sometime. But Sean, hermano, I see you, man. I see you. Um, what were we talking about the uh, before the show? We were talking about um, oh, the- let me see, car business, uh, people, jujitsu, buying cars. Oh yeah, I forget. Until the end of the month, <laughs> before you trade your vehicle in anywhere, you need to come and see me at Oakville Nissan or Oakville Infinity. And if we give you a price that you like, we will buy your car right away. We'll have a check, and then we'll give you a one thousand dollar gas card. Um, and folks, it's about time that we throw these bumps out of office. Can you? Can we all just like agree on something and and get together and just toss Trudeau out of office? Can can we just do it? Are we okay with this gas prices? Are, are you? Well, you don't have a car, so how, how would you have an opinion? Lex, uh, let, let me let me talk to a grown-up here. Uh, Lex. <laughs> wow. Ouch. Ouch. Do you have a car? Yes, I do. Are you okay with this gas prices? No, I'm not. Are you okay with Canada being probably the second largest oil producer on the planet, with the second largest oil reservoirs on the planet, and we are paying this amount of money for gas? And I'll tell you, it's not going to stop until we get to two and a half dollars per liter. Are you okay with these gas prices? Absolutely not. I mean, and I heard and I knew the uh, the way gas works. We're basically buying back our own oil through gas, which is 
insanely crazy that we have our own resources and we're not using them, but we're selling them to an American company or American companies and we're buying it back from them. Is wow. that the way it works? Is, is, am I correct or am I incorrect on that? No, no, no. You're absolutely correct. You know, Professor Milton Freeman said that if you let the government uh, manage the desert, you know, very soon you will be running out of sand. <laughs> mm. So uh, we need to, folks, come on, man. Like, stop messing around. I don't, I don't care what your political views are, but we can all agree that inflation is a terrible thing and gas prices are insane. If, if those two things are the only things that matter to you, then it's about time that we make a move. We need to make a decision. And unfortunately, with this uh, illegal alliance that uh, these two guys got together there, the orange and the red, uh, I don't know. Why did the Communist Party of Canada change the color from red to orange? Do you know why? I mean, the Socialist Party has always been red. So, you know, I understand why Justin Trudeau just kept the red. But So the, you're saying the NDP? Yeah, is- yeah, yeah. Well, it, you know, we all know who they are. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on. Let's just stop, you know, kidding ourselves. You know? <laughs> Why is it that the Communist Party of Canada uses orange? Uh, do you, I, do you I, know I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. Do you, any idea, um, Lex, why uh, the Communist Party of Canada uses orange as their uh, calling color? No. I have absolutely no idea. No, I just I know what the blue represents. I know what the red represents, but I don't know why orange comes about. Now they're inverse, right? Blue, blue in Canada is conservative, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So the reds. Well, we have always known that socialists are red. So the um, what? No, no, nothing. But you, you know, I, I understand that you know you you argue now that the Liberal Party is socialist, but you. I challenge you. To, no, no, I'm not. I'm not, no, I'm not going to get into debate and do a debate with that. But I'll say this: you know, you you even said the previous Liberal uh, Prime Ministers, you you didn't see them as socialists. You had respect for them, like Jean Chrétien and Paul Martin and uh, guys like that. So uh, no, they were they pretty they were pretty centrist. Yeah one point yeah. but that's gone that's mm. that's long gone i mean the slide is just insane and the fact that we are sitting here idle watching this happening it's just i i don't comprehend it why do you why do i want you know accept the uh, the the state of affairs that we have right now no I, I, look i don't like it either but in the end uh, i think um you know when it comes to the next election i'm waiting to see who uh Look, I'm not against the idea of voting for a conservative, but I'm waiting to see who the leader is going to be. I think that uh, Pierre Polyev should be the leader of the conservative party, and I think that he should probably be the next prime minister. Mm. Yeah, I said it. So we're trying to get uh, Pierre Polyev to come on the show. Uh, Praveen, uh, who is our program director, has been trying to get him uh, on air for some time now. But after the the, uh, the provincial election, these people are difficult to find. And my buddy Doug Ford has been playing hide and seek with me on this show for the last month. It's okay. Oh, you know, I have a bone to pick with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Apparently, he was in downtown Oakville yesterday, and he didn't stop by to say hello. Bastard. He was? Really? <laughs> it was- get down, get down. It's Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's What's I need to close your boots oh and your motorcycle. <laughs> there was an alter ego that just came out there. <laughs> what, what was he doing in Oakville? Is, he, is he filming a movie or something? Who? Uh, Schwarzenegger. That's not how you say it. It's Schwarzenegger. It's Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger. 
Is that better? <laughs> no. <laughs> Apparently, they're filming a a Netflix um, a series of some sort, and uh, they were downtown Oakville, and he wow. didn't come by and say hello, man. What the hell? It's my homeboy. You know, I've been a fan of his since I was like, I don't know, one. And um, I saw him once. Um, I've talked about this on, on air before. We... Uh, Actually, it was it was the day that I met uh, Doug Ford and Rob Ford when uh, when Rob was still alive. This was about I don't know maybe twelve, thirteen years ago. There was an event uh, called Lunch with Arnold, and uh, I met them, and uh, he spoke there for a while. Interesting guy, man. He's uh, the guy's been in the zone for forty years. In the zone. What did you think of uh, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger as a politician? Because he he used to be governor of California. Well, <laughs> look, it's the cult of personality. Mm-hmm. You know, he did what he had to do. Uh, he, uh, you know, he ran on a very conservative platform at one point, but uh, that seemed to have changed over the years. Uh, I'm trying to look at the man and uh, his career and how he was able to do incredible, crazy things. Um, and, and that is what I admired. I mean, yeah. you know, as an immigrant and someone that, you know, still has an accent, um, you know, he's just a rock star, man. He's, he's unbelievable. He really is. And, you know, he's had an amazing life. You know, he was born in a small town in Austria. And then he went from that to professional bodybuilder, then to movie star, then to governor of California, back to movie star. He's had a, an amazing life. What's your, what's your favorite movie of his, uh, Lex? Arnold's favorite movie? Um, kindergarten Cop, actually. You think so? <laughs> it's because it uh, showed a little bit more character uh, that, that he could actually play character. And as an actor myself, I appreciate you were also to... an actor, Lex. Yeah. <laughs> God. So is there anything that you don't do? Wow. That's um, incredible. Business stuff. <laughs> you don't do business stuff, eh? That's that, that's that's my weakness. I, I I realize that I've been such an artist, and I, my heart is that of a creative and as an artist. But uh, as a result, it's so inclined to be a creative and an artist that business stuff gets lost in the mix, and I need to learn that stuff. And you know, maybe I need to talk to you more. Maybe I need to hang out with you in person a whole lot more, so I can get uh, the business. I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> of course, but anytime you can just come by and just pick my brain and I'll try to help you. Listen, the only thing I can say is that listen to me at your own risk, at your own risk. I, uh, I, I have some pretty strong opinions on certain things and, um, you know, you don't have to listen to me. But uh, all I can do is, oh, by the way, I, um, I, I did a speaking engagement last, uh, last weekend. And so a big shout out to my friends from Tita uh, Trading. It's a trading company and... Um, I was one of the keynote speakers, and that was a phenomenal, phenomenal uh, event. Uh, thank you so much for the people that attended the event and uh, for the support. Um, it was great. I, I have gotten out of public speaking for the better part of the last seven or eight years. It's a lot. And uh, that was my first speaking engagement in that long, and it was it was great. It was a bunch of um, – it was a very sophisticated audience, and uh, and I appreciated it. But uh, we don't pay enough attention to our business Um the business side of our of our lives. I mean, how do we manage our life? Um, there are so many guys that I know that run multi multi million dollar corporations, and they can't even balance their own checkbook at home. <laughs> it's, it's one of those things. You need to have somebody to help you out with that. That's why I have Money Mike, and Money Mike is on the other side of the break. But look, 
I don't want to pass this entire hour without talking to you about something that is very, very dear to me, which is the car industry. And again, I, I do not like to teach anything to anyone. I like to share my findings. Uh, whenever you teach someone or you try to attempt to teach something to someone, you are adopting and owning a monopoly on truth. It's like your, per, your knowledge is permanent, and that's not the way the knowledge works. Um, you know, for example, if you said that uh, the vaccines didn't work back in, I don't know, last year in March, you would have gotten canceled. Can you still get canceled? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But anyways, <laughs> um, there is something that... The, the vast majority of people, even people within the car industry, don't truly understand this, this a concept. And uh, the reason why this popped to my mind this morning is because um, I was speaking about something completely different at this, uh, at this event last weekend. And um, somebody asked me to say something about the car industry. And I said a very simple sentence, which in my mind is true because I know it and I've lived in it for a very long time, 30 years almost. And the sentence is simple. Negotiation in the car industry is an illusion. Okay, I'm, I'm going to repeat this. Negotiation in the car industry is an illusion. And what is it this illusion gives you? It gives you the hope of thinking that you as a consumer are going to win because the only time you get into a negotiation you try to beat the other guy down and you know it becomes a uh, an intellectual sparring match in which you know your techniques and your tactics need to be applied in order for you to arrive to some sort of a consensus that ultimately you want it to be favorable to you right yes right okay so as a consumer People will tell you, come to my store and let's make a deal. Let's put a deal together. We'll give you the lowest, absolute lowest prices. So as a regular consumer, you think, oh, I'm going to go to that store and uh, they're going to give me a chance to negotiate. I might win. And if I keep these people long enough sitting in the showroom until 10 o'clock at nighttime after the store is closed, I just may win and buy the car for less money than they bought it for. So my negotiating skills are so powerful that I am going to negotiate and force the dealer to lose money because I'm special. <laughs> I am special. So I am going to force the dealer's hand to lose money for me. Because you see me, I'm special. So you go into the dealership and you bring all your tactics. You watch all these YouTube videos, how to negotiate buy a car, how to beat the dealer damn. 
you bring your dad, your mom, your uncle, your aunt, somebody that has bought a couple of cars in their lifetime. And they bought a car before, right? So they must know what to do. Because every car transaction is the exact same thing and everybody negotiates the exact same way, right? So they must know what they're talking about. So you come in. And common belief is that uh, you don't tell the dealer about your trade. You know, you just wait until the end. So that way you get the best deal on the car. And then you toss the trade in. And then you get the best deal on the trade when you've taken all the money out of the dealer. So the dealer asks you, so what is your budget? Oh, I don't know yet. What is your monthly parameter? Oh, I don't know. I haven't decided. Money is not an issue. Really? So why are you at a Nissan store if money is not an issue? <laughs> uh, you, should, you should ask them, are, are you lost? Yeah. <laughs> uh, your money is not an issue. How much money? Uh, <laughs> is your credit okay? Oh, yeah. Perfect. 900 Okay, no problem. And the charade begins. There is no information that is put forward. That nothing is nothing, nothing meaningful is changed here because if you go into a conversation with a dealer from an adversarial perspective, why would you want to show them your cards? Right? Right. So this is how the game the game begins. Society has convinced anyone that's buying a vehicle that if they walk into a dealership, they're going to be taken advantage of, albeit it's selling a car. <laughs> so you walk into a car dealership and then you get upset when somebody sells you a car. Do you understand the problem here? It's like, what do you expect car salespeople to do? How dare you try to sell me a car? You How monster. Dare you? <laughs> you monster. I am offended. <laughs> I'm canceling you on Twitter. <laughs> I'm going to write a bad review that I walked into a car dealership and these people, how dare they? They tried to sell me something a car. <laughs> One star. No, half a star. Half a star. <laughs> <laughs> so. You, go, you walk into the dealership and you have these people that haven't seen a customer in days and they talk to you. They say, hello. Welcome to ABC Motors with the most pleasant possible face that they can give you. And you are so terrified that these people are going to try to sell you a car. They say, you know, so, so sorry, I'm just looking. <laughs> I'm just saying hello, man. It's like, what the hell? <laughs> I'm just saying Hello. Don't, don't look at me. I'm not here. <laughs> I'm just picking up a brochure. They don't have brochures anymore. I still remember the days when we used to have a brochure room. There were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of brochures in this rooms <laughs> with brochures that were 10 years old. Those are the commies. <laughs> Sneaking into my show. And by the way, folks, I apologize. Uh, we have a new producer this morning. His name is Lex. He's never done the show before. So he left the mic on and during the break. So you heard us talking this morning. Right, Lex? 
<laughs> I don't know what that Windows sound is coming from, though, man. Neither do I, man. I'm not a Windows guy, so it's not coming from me. But anyways, I, I don't want to get distracted from this whole notion that uh, uh, negotiation is a good thing. So anyways, you walk in, you, you, you have been indoctrinated. You know, you have been conditioned to believe that something really bad is going to happen to you at a car dealership. Now, there is one specific brand that will remain unknown out of respect to my buddy Cam. Because he was the only good thing that came out of that brand. So I'm not going to say the brand anymore. Generalize is a bad thing. But anyways, with the exception of one brand out there in the world, most, most car manufacturers, most dealers are pretty good people. In fact, the pay plans that car dealerships have from the manufacturer most of the time is based on customer satisfaction index. So the happier you are, the more money the dealership will make. So essentially dealerships get paid on happiness, on your happiness. But don't worry. If you walk into a dealership, somebody just might want to try to sell you a car and that makes them bad people, right? Oh, by the way, if you have something to say, call me. 289-275-9600 is the phone number. 289-275-9600 is the phone number. So you take all your taxes, you have everything straight. You think you're going to win. Next thing you know, you sit down with a salesperson. And guess what? This salesperson also believes that negotiation is a thing. But even for a salesperson, negotiation is also an illusion. Let me tell you how that works on the other side of this break. Folks, the show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. We are the home of the no commission salespeople. And until the end of the month, if you trade a vehicle to us before you trade it somewhere else, if we give you the highest number and you take our number, we buy the car from you, we will give you an additional $1,000 gas card. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. We are Canada's largest automotive radio show. Let's take us to a break. We'll be right back. What's up, everybody? This is Randy Couture, and if I'm not beating people up, I'm listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. Give it a listen. Take care. Hi, everybody. This is Haley Wickenheiser, and you're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. On a warm summer's evening, on a train bound for nowhere, I met up with a gambler. We were both too tired to sleep, so we took turns of staring out the window at the darkness. To boredom overtook us, and he began to speak. He said, "Son, I've made a life out of reading people's faces." Knowing what the cards were By the way they held their eyes So if you don't mind my saying I can see you're out of aces 
For a taste of whiskey I'll give you, I'll give you some, some advice. advice Folks, you are listening so to the Greg Carrasco Show Canada my Marge's Automotive Radio Show With that Windows soundtrack <laughs> In the background I don't know what's happening there But uh, we have a caller Jeff is on the line He wants to talk to us about gas prices Jeff, you're calling the Carrasco Show How can I make your life better this morning? I could Good morning. How are you? I am excellent. Talk to me, man. What's, what's on your mind? Okay. No, I. What's What's happening is is uh, you know, like from a layman's point of view, I, I see gas prices like everybody else going like right through the roof, and I'm trying to get an like from my perspective, I feel that they're going up because a there's a pandemic. So, you know, for whatever reason, they've gone through the Which roof. One? And then the uh, the, the monkeypox the... or the uh, Omitron or Megatron the, or the mon- Decepticon? All, the... of, all of them. Okay. All of them. You name it, it's because of all of them. Okay. Secondly, the, the other thing I know from uh, geograph- Geography uh, 101, you know, from, from a long, long time ago, long time, long, 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 long time ago when you were a little boy, Russia has huge oil reserves. So this is going back when they were the Soviet Union. So okay. now, as you can see, Russia attacks Ukraine. And then all these other countries that were buying gas from Russia, they say, hey, we're not going to buy that. You're, you're, you're bullying another country. And uh, so we're going to go get our gas from other places, maybe the Middle East where everybody else is buying, maybe from the States, yada, yada. So Jeff, as you a need result, to take me somewhere with this call, man. You need to take me somewhere. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you. I, I, I ramble a bit. So my question to you, is there other, is what I'm BS, is there other, like how do we get the gas to go down? What's your perspective? How do you make it better? Uh, we tossed Justin Trudeau out of office, and uh, we uh, we embrace what we are. We are an oil-producing nation, and uh, we try to um, uh, find better ways to uh, to help with the environmental problem. But uh, this is not the time or the place to do it. I think that you can do it through technology, not to shutting down Canada's large, uh, second largest uh, natural resource. It's silly, you know. It's this whole notion that our gas prices at Canada are are high or they are the way they are. It's just insane to me. Am I wrong? Yeah, on no, this? I, I totally agree. No, you're, you, you're not, you're not wrong at all. Um, I'm just, I wish there was a way because this, when gas goes up, uh, as you know, you know, the, everything else goes up and it just, it, it just puts a damper on the economy. I'm in a business regarding cleaning chemicals and everything's going up. Then it's going up again, 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 you know, like, it's it's unbelievable. Jeff, yeah, but I know. I, dude, I, I wish I would post. I really appreciate the phone call, man. I I I hear you. Thank you so much for your perspective, and uh, let's just hope that uh, Canadians throw these bums out of office next in the next election. But we'll see what happens. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you for calling the Carrasco Show. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> I feel like I'm in a horror movie. <laughs> no, no, no. You see on on my screen, Jeff. No disrespect, but this is uh, that sound effect is called the foil hat. <laughs> 
tinfoil hat? <laughs> oh no! You know the best the best way to know that you're not talking to a layman is when they they tell you from a layman standpoint. <laughs> layman, don't say layman. Come on, man. What's wrong with you? <laughs> you, know, you know, Greg, you should use one of the sound effects that you rarely use just for fun. What about another one? Uh, let me see. Uh, there you go. No, That's a new one. <laughs> <laughs> there, you know, I am in full control of the sound effects of the show, folks. I um, this is I, this is all sorts of a control here that I I'm not sure I feel comfortable having. That's the reason why I wouldn't be a good politician, man. It's too much power. I, I don't want that kind of power in my hand. I don't. I don't. There's too way too much responsibility. A lot of responsibility, and hey, if if you mess up, a lot of criticism too. You can win, man. You can win. No, my um, I've said it before, man. I could, I could never run for office because uh, I don't have skeletons in my closet. I have catacombs in my house. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my dating life would be made public, and uh, that would be a that would be an interesting exercise. I would have to say, yep, yep, yep. Ah, yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know what's interesting? You mentioned skele- you mentioned skeletons in your closet. Um, you know something, you know the basement dweller, he doesn't have regular skeletons in, in his closet. He has cow skeletons in his closet. Oh wow. Wow, <laughs> that was ruthless. That was ruthless. I have no idea what uh, Nick is talking about, Lex. Can you translate for me, please? But no, actually, let's do it off air. <laughs> let's do it off air. You don't get it? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little bit later. Um, you know, before the break, I was talking to you about the illusion of negotiating. And um, um, I was talking to you about the illusion of negotiating from the perspective of a consumer. You know, you are you are sold in the idea that you can actually walk into a retail establishment. And, you know, I'm, I'm using car dealerships for the purpose of the show. But I'm, the reality is that that works for every single other retail environment, whether you go and buy jewelry or clothes or anything for that matter. Houses, you are simply being set up. The idea that you could actually win in a negotiation is impossible. And I'll tell you why. Okay. When you actually buy something, you lost. Does that make sense, Lex? Mm-hmm. You lose the money. The product will never be sold, folks, if it doesn't make sense to the seller. That's the end of the story. The reason why these people are in business is because they generate profit on a transaction. So if the transaction does not make sense to the seller, the transaction does not take place. The problem is this, that from a societal standpoint, we seem to be averse. We seem to have uh, problems with the word profit. We don't want people to make profit, but the whole world works on our ability to generate profits. How much profit? That is subjective because that's decided on a transaction per transaction level. The reason why I'm bringing this up to you is not for the reason you may think. You see, with the shortage of product, 
negotiation has gone out the window. And we were talking about this last week uh, in some of the, the ways that the car industry has changed. Negotiation has gone out the window. So now when you walk into a store, the negotiation is like whether they can give you a car or not, which is different. For the first time in the history of Carrasco in the industry, which has been close to 30 years, dealerships don't have to negotiate with you anymore. And what they have found out was unbelievable. That they can sell a third of the cars that they were selling in previous years and remain profitable. I'm not joking, folks. We can sell a third of the number of vehicles that we were selling two years ago, and we can still remain profitable. Now, in all fairness, the average Canadian dealership, folks, runs on a 2% ROS. If you don't know what that is, look it up. 2%. 2% ROS. So in order for a dealership to make a million dollars in a year, which is not a lot of money, believe it or not, because you still need to keep the operations going, they need to sell $100 million worth of cars, goods, and services. $100 million they need to sell in order for them to generate 1% worth of profit. But you have been sold this idea that all dealerships make too much money. No, they don't. No, they don't. Believe me, I've seen it. But there is a lot of people that rely on the fact that you believe this nonsense for them to sell you vehicles, like car selling sites. Now, we all know who they are. I'm not going to name them on the show because, you know, it's, I'm not going to, I don't want to put that into the universe. But there are selling car selling platforms that they want you to not go to your local dealer for because they think that they're going to make too much money and they have these giant buildings and whatnot. That's not the way the car industry works, folks. It, it truly isn't. And I was going to get into why negotiating is an illusion for the salesperson, but that's a little bit more of a complex thought process that I need to, I need to dissect a little deeper. And in two minutes that I have left until the end of the hour, it's not going to be possible. But I'll share a couple of thoughts with you before we finish this first hour. And then we have Money Mike on the other side of the hour. And I have a lot of questions for Mike. A lot of questions for Mike. Because the money markers are doing some really funny things. And Money Mike knows what he's talking about. One price dealerships are and should be the place that you want to go and do business with. Because when a dealer is willing to walk away from the transaction, if they don't get the price standards that they have set for their store, then you know that you will never pay any more than you're supposed to or any less than they need to. Negotiation going away is the absolute best thing that could have happened to the consumer, folks, and you don't even know it. There is a massive shortage of vehicles in the marketplace right now. Massive, massive shortage of vehicles in the marketplace right now. But a couple of things have happened. You see, because there is no cars in the, in the marketplace, you're paying full price. But guess what? You're also getting full price for your trades. So this is the law of unintended consequences. 
you're paying more, but you're also getting so significantly more for your vehicles. I mean, look, this defies one of Carrasco's basic three principles. Never buy the, the vehicle at the end of a lease. I held that belief to be true for the last 20 years. 87 years. And today, guess what? People are making money at the end of the lease. In fact, one of my doctors, Dr. Larry, is coming to see me this afternoon. I'm going to help him out with Alexis at the end of his lease. But folks, do not be hesitant. Do not be trepidatious in visiting your local dealer and not negotiating. There is a price, just take the car. Why? Because you will also enjoy the benefits of a shortage of vehicles if you have a vehicle to trade in. This is probably one of the absolute best car markets that we have ever had in the history of the car industry in the world. Take advantage of it. And those who know, know that there is only one place to come and see about your car transaction before you buy anything anywhere else. And that is Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. Folks, you're listening to the Greg Carrasco Show, Canada's largest automotive radio show. And the show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. We are not only the home of the commission, no commission salespeople, but we also have been at one price store for years. We were so ahead of everyone else that I have been vilified for a decade. Guess what? I was right. Let's take us to a break. We'll be right back with Money Mike. What's up, sports fans? Forrest Griffin here, and I want you to check out the Greg Carrasso Show. Check him out. Greg and the gang. Uh, yeah, enjoy. It is time for Greg Carrasco. Kick it. Whoa, it's the Greg Carrasso Show. Get this party on the road. How fast can this right go? Whoa, yeah. Celebrity guests from the East Coast to the West. Who knows who he has next? Being a poor man, and I choose rich every f- time. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Those who know know who is in the 
Whoever tells you the money can't buy you happiness has never had any. And also, it may not be able to buy you happiness, but it can park your G-Wagon right outside Blazer for Man in Oakville. <laughs> <laughs> You know, great. That's pretty, pretty specific, eh? I know. <laughs> Listen, but I couldn't do any of these things if it wasn't for one man. He, this man is personally responsible for my ability to um, just sit back now and, uh, and breathe. He is, uh, he is my secret weapon, my personal financial advisor, and I'm so lucky to have him here. Money, Mike. Welcome to the Carrasco Show. What an introduction, Mike. Good morning. You know, I, I, I agree with the statement, money can't buy you happiness, but it can buy you a jet ski. And I defy you to be unhappy on a jet ski. You can't for a motorcycle. <laughs> yeah, you cannot have not have a smile when you're riding a motorcycle. I can tell you that much. For but, sure. you know, we need we need money to buy all the things that we that we like to do. You know, you go out for dinner, get yourself a, yeah. you know, a pair of shoes. You know, you know what I think? I think money can't buy you happiness, but it can buy you comfortability. It can make, you know, you with yeah. a good amount of money, you're comfortable. Yeah, but I, I don't I don't think I want to be comfortable. Comfortable is not something that I seek. You know, you know, when you're comfortable, grass grows under your feet. That's not a good thing. You know, I need to I need to keep on moving. Okay. And that's that's the, that's the uh, living my life in quiet desperation. It's something okay. that I decided to do a long time ago. I never know when the when the man is coming to collect. It's due. So, you know, just push. Just push. I've said it last week. I don't have a bucket list because whatever it is that I wanted to do, I'm in the middle of doing it. And uh, a lot of these things have been made possible by having some my financial conscience coming on the show here every single week. <laughs> this is a public shaming doesn't work. Uh, folks, if you um, if you really want to take control of your retirement, of your finances, and just put your life in the right financial direction, this is probably the best information that you're going to write down on the show. So you can send them an email at moneymike.ca, or you can call them at 905-320-6762 after the show. 905-320-6762 or moneymike.ca. If you want to call them in the studio this morning, it's 289-275-9600. How are you, Mike? I'm doing excellent. I've uh, I got a busy weekend this this uh, weekend. We were just talking about it. I've got uh, first wedding in many, many years today. My little cousin's getting married, oh, so, so that'll sorry. be fun. I'm so sorry. I'm okay. going to head can, down can, to... Can you save him? <laughs> I cannot save her, nor would save I her. want to. <laughs> I feel like I feel like Greg. You would you would just show up to object, like you would show up only to object. You know? <laughs> I, I I don't think Greg would ever ever object. I think he might stand there and say, "Are you sure?" <laughs> but is he would this, never is, object. Is this what you is this what you really want to do, son? <laughs> it, listen, I am. Um, what's that? You'd be surprised how many Catholic priests actually tell the couple, are you sure you want to do this? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't want to know the reasoning, but that's a whole different show. We're going to talk about that. <laughs> We're going to talk about something else right now. You know, Mike, the, yeah. the, the money markets are still going nuts. What's, what's happening with the, with the markets right now? 
Yeah, it was a bit of a bit of insane. Well, not insane. Bit of, bit of a a down draft this week. I think Toronto was down nearly three percent. The U.S. market down six. But just sort of retracing back to the lows that it hit about three weeks ago. You know, and we we were down at this level around. I don't know, May 19th or so. And it had a nice little pop up and now it's popped back down. So it's no worse than it has been at the worst point in the year. Uh, but the things, uh, the markets continue to be volatile. They're, uh, I think they're still spinning off the latest inflation numbers and, and government moves to raise interest rates. So, um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of uh, sentiment out there that is negative for sure. So- why don't we do this? Let's let's invert the um, the sure. the order of the show uh, because yeah. we're going to talk about the robo robo advisors. But uh, since we already started to touch on this inflation thing, um, yeah. why don't we just you know stick with this? Sure. Okay. Sure. Um, the inflations haven't been this high in how long? Well, since the early eighties. Uh, now we're nowhere near the levels the early 80s brought us, but uh, they haven't been this wide. It's a a multi-decade lows or or highs in inflation that we're seeing. You know, Canada, apparently, as of, I'm I'm not even sure if we have the May numbers yet, or we're still working off April, it was 5.3%, but the U.S. uh, is up over 8.5% inflation. Yeah. Yeah. So, so literally in my 26 years in this industry, we haven't seen inflation this high. And again, it's not a surprise when the governments print massive amounts of money and the economy recovers and yet they sit back and, and leave interest rates really, really low. Inflation ensues. So, you know, there was a lot of talk that uh, interest rates should have started coming back up at, at the latest last fall. When when inflation was was starting to to gear up and it was becoming obvious that economically uh, countries around the world were doing fine and, and there were still sectors of the economy coming out of the pandemic that were only going to do better in the months ahead. Things like travel and tourism, restaurants, entertainment, that sort of mm-hmm. thing. So when they started to see inflation pick up and, and all of these these areas of business starting to improve. They really should have looked at whether or not they needed to tackle inflation. So, you know, probably October, November last year, they should have started and they didn't start until March. So when when you say tackling inflation, do you mean by raising interest rates? Yes. Yes. So so if you think about all the money that was printed and increasing our, our money supply at, you know, far greater rate than normal, then the only thing the government can do is help to take some of that excess liquidity or excess money out of the system. And Mm -hmm. and the tool they have to do that is by raising interest rates. So what happens? You raise interest rates. First thing is anybody in a variable rate mortgage, you're going to be paying more. Mm -hmm. Anybody who's got any sort of line of credit debt, you're going to be paying more. Anyone taking out new debt from that point forward, you're going to be paying more. So that means the, the debt that we used to be able to pay for when interest rates were really low now costs us more money to service. That's money that we don't have to go out into the economy and buy goods and services. So, okay, how does that benefit the government and how does the government take that money back into the government coffers? Oh, no, no, no. It's not about taking it back into the government's coffers. It's about taking it out of the hands of consumers. 
if it's out of the hands of consumers, then all the goods and services that are now raising their prices, Mm -hmm. all of a sudden they don't have as many people buying their stuff. And then, hey, you know, basics of law and demand, basic law of supply and demand. Yeah. If if you don't have people buying your goods, you have to lower the price to attract them back. Mm. So they raise interest rates to pull money out of our pockets so we can't freely spend and we have to start making wiser decisions. Now, we're also seeing the 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 double edge of inflation. Not only are the rising interest rates that are, are designed to fight this inflation, pulling money out of our pockets. But the basis of inflation is costs of goods and services have risen. So I was already having to spend more money to buy all these goods and services. Now interest rates are higher. I have even less money to spend on those goods and services. It's, it's inflation. And, and, and please, I'm going to I'm going to take the, you know, I'm going to take the position of a completely ignorant fellow human here. Sure. Is inflation a direct? Direct creation of government behavior. You know, I think that's probably too long of a conversation for us to dive into. Okay. I mean, absolutely, government behavior is is a part of it. But it's sort of it's sort of like it's sort of like asking me what was the cause of the fall of the Roman Empire. It's not one thing. There was a whole bunch of things. Right. We, so, we can have the discussion. I'm, 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 I'm well read enough to have the discussion with again, you. Again, <laughs> another day, another day. In fact, maybe not too long from now, we'll, we'll be talking about what was the cause of the fall of the U.S. empire. Mm-hmm. But uh, in the short term, uh, yes, government activity or, or government inaction or action is, is a cause. One of the causes of inflation, for sure. Are you... <laughs> I'm, I'm, you, I'm sure that you've heard the term before, but, um, you know, Keynesian economics mm-hmm. uh, is essentially what um, has been applied one-on-one. Keynesian economics one-on-one is what was used during the this so-called pandemic right. uh, to keep the economy going. Do you think the government went too far? Well, I, I think that's something that only time will tell that we'll be able to analyze the effects of everything that's happened the last couple of years and truly understand the cause and effect. Um, So the inflation that we have right now is an issue. And what Mm -hmm. the government did is, is part and parcel to that issue. So did they go too far? Maybe, maybe not. One could argue they haven't gone far enough to combat the issue as it's here. And, Mm -hmm. And so now we have to deal with it. You know, we've seen this before, although, uh, again, it's been more than 40 years and, you know, none of the details are precise. You know, as the saying goes, history doesn't repeat itself, but it echoes. Um, and so you look back to what happened in the late 70s and early 80s when you had the oil crisis and oil prices shooting through the roof and supply of oil was uh, was limited. And then we got massive inflation in the early 80s. Mm-hmm. So, again, this is so there's some similar environment out there causes and effects are are all never quite the same but this is this is the environment we're in right so we've got all this inflation we got interest rates going up so you know people need to take the time to to look at their financial plan Mm -hmm. and to look at what they're doing i mean everyone's wondering well what do i do with this from an investing standpoint right um Markets going down precipitously, inflation, taking money and and interest rates rising, taking money out of my pockets. Uh, what do we got to do? So, you know, we should we can talk a little bit about what investors should do. And, you know, there's a there's a great 
uh, quote that I read. Uh, there was an article. I, I wish I could remember in which publication I read it in. It might have been the Wall Street Journal. Um, but the, the quote was this, that all successful lifetime investing is goal focused and planning driven, while all failed lifetime investing is market focused and current events driven. From this, we can tell that every really successful investor was acting continuously on a plan and every failed investor was reacting continuously to events. I mean, that could be applied to such a broader uh, perspective. I mean, if you if you react to anything that's happening right now, you're failing to see the bigger picture. Yeah. But uh, I mean, speaking from you know from a, from a again from a layman perspective, sure, uh, there's got to be a silver lining on this because uh, we've we've discussed this before. When the market is down, I don't look at it as if it's down. The market is on sale, right. so you know we, we we've addressed this before. So. As a regular citizen, what are some of the things that we can do to, especially when it comes to our investing and our future uh, right. finances, what can we be doing right now to take advantage of this crisis? Because you can never lose an opportunity that crisis brings to the table. Yeah, it's, you know, this is the, the crisis that we're seeing right now is, probably the, the fundamental root of every market decline that I've seen in 26 years of doing this, the foundation of all of it is liquidity. What does liquidity mean? It means cash available to society to buy stuff. That's it. It comes down to liquidity. Every time the markets go down, it's because liquidity tightens. Mm -hmm. You know, So we saw uh, the financial crisis in 2008. We saw people having to walk away from their homes because they were losing their jobs mortgage rates were resetting and they couldn't afford their payments. They didn't have liquidity. So they walked away from their homes, which meant people who uh, actually held their mortgages, weren't getting their payments, property taxes weren't being paid. You know, the ripple effect continues out. Um, and so, so this is a similar thing. Now we see liquidity being reduced because of inflation and interest rates. And a lot of people are saying, well, are we going to have a recession? Well, if we are, and it's, it's you know, one of those things that we'll probably tell, I think the first quarter GDP in, uh, in the U.S. was negative. So by all reason, by the time they figure out what the results of the second quarter would, was, which they won't figure out until September, mm -hmm. they might say, yeah, actually, the first two quarters of the year, we were in a recession. Because that's what's, that's what's required is two consecutive ca uh, quarters of negative GDP growth. We could already be there and just not know it. What about Canada? I mean, where does Canada fall into this? Although we are we're, not. We're kissing that, cousins. Right? That, that delay reaction to the U.S. markets. Uh, what do you think is happening in Canada? Do you think that we're going into, um, I, I haven't seen the, the results of the latest GDP, but um, are we in the first quarter of a recession? I, they didn't. I didn't read uh, the article that I read about it. Didn't state exactly what the first quarter was, but that off the most recent month we had positive GDP growth. I think it was okay. one one point one percent for for April or May. I can't remember which month they were speaking about. Um, but we've seen positive growth now. Canada's positioned a little bit more. It's different than the U.S. We are not as diversified an economy as the U.S. We have a lot of resources here in Canada. So a lot of the commodities that are, are going up with this inflation and um, the prices are increasing rapidly, Canada provides a lot of that stuff. Mm -hmm. We are an oil producing nation. 
uh, we do have natural resources that the rest of the world will be demanding and, and we're charging a really high price for them. So there's there's segments of the Canadian economy that are making out like bandits right now uh, after years of perhaps not doing it. So, you know, will Canada experience a recession the same way the U.S. does? Probably not. We, we seem to be poised fairly well to to benefit from some of this, but there will still be some financial hardship. And, and the two countries are closely related. So um, if if they head into a recession, there's every chance that we could as well. Um, but, you know, so we as as individuals have to this is this is a time you have to revisit your financial plan for sure. This is this is the time to do it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, on, on that note, uh, folks. You're listening to the Greg Carrasco Show, even though we're Canada's largest automotive radio show, we bring an infinite amount of resources to you. Uh, with me in studio is Money Mike. He's my personal financial advisor. He is the person that you should be dealing with when it comes to your future and your finances. Uh, he took control of mine over, it's only close to, I don't know, 10 years ago, maybe. And uh, everything has changed since. And uh, I had no idea the impact of having a professional handle in my finances and what it could do to my life. Uh, if you want to reach him, you can send him an email at moneymike.ca, moneymike.ca, or you can call him after the show at 905-320-6762. That is his cell phone number. And if you want to call the studio, it's 289-275-9600. Folks, the show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. And until the end of the month, if you let us appraise your vehicle and we buy it from you, uh, we will give you a $1,000 gas card over and above the price of your vehicle. For the first time in history, <laughs> dealerships are not in the business of selling your cars. We are in the business of buying your car. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. Toronto. When the boogeyman goes to sleep, he checks under his bed for me. Ken Shamrock here, and you're listening to the Greg Carrasco Show. Hello, Toronto. What's up, guys? This is Vito Belfer, and you are listening to one of the toughest guys on air. Greg Carrasco Show, man. Congratulations on your show. I wish you all the best. Toronto. Stay safe out there. God bless you, man. This is Vito Bell for the Phenom. Ready to strike. Let's go. the mics were not on this time danger will robinson danger 
Folks, you're listening to the Greg Carrasco Show, and we have my secret financial advisor here. It's not so secret anymore. He's my secret weapon. Money Mike, he is my uh, he's my financial advisor, and with his guidance, with his wisdom, <laughs> we got my life back in shape. Uh, you can reach him on moneymike.ca, or you can call him at 905-320-6762 after the show. And as usual, you, we're in the studio. You can call us here at 289-275-9600. If you want to speak to him, but uh, you know, we're talking about inflation. We're talking about um, what to do. If you are just a regular citizen trying to make sense of it all, the first thing to do is call money. Mike, the second one is, is something that we're discussing right now. Now, how do we get our ducks in a row? Because um, these are sensitive times and the decisions that we make today are going to affect us 10, 20, 30 years from now. So what, what are some of the steps that you recommend the listeners of the show take in relation to their finances in the middle of this inflation, recession, uh, readjustment, realignment, if you will. Well, the first thing we've got to do is we've got to get back to managing our cash flow and the effects that this current environment has had on it. Um, I, I won't use the B word. I promise. No, I lied. Talking about the budget. Um, you know, this is something that I think you talk about laymen and, and the average person out there. The average person has heard this phrase and some people do it. Some people don't. Uh, but I'm speaking more specifically to my high net worth clients. Um, there, there was a gentleman that approached me recently and, and I have his permission to, to speak about his circumstances in a, in a, um, in an anonymous fashion, but he came to me as a, as a working professional in his early seventies. Mm-hmm. And when I started to talk to him about, you know, what is your cash flow? What are your, what are you, what are your lifestyle needs? He didn't know how to answer the question. He didn't know. And so we had a long conversation about why that is. And, you know, of course the, the dreaded B word, um, he doesn't live on a budget. He doesn't want to have to pay attention to that sort of thing. And, and what we got to at the end of the conversation was I like an under- this guy. Well, it, <laughs> we, we gained an understanding that the reason why he's still working in his early seventies is because he's never paid attention to the details. And when I asked him what his lifestyle costs, his answer was, I don't, don't know. know. I don't know because I just keep working. I, 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 earn a high income. I have a pretty nice lifestyle. And so I just have to keep working to support it. And when we talked about, you know, the, the possibility of him stepping away from, from work, I mean, you just couldn't have that conversation because he had no idea what his lifestyle would cost to support. He had no idea if the wealth that he had built would be sufficient to support it. So the easiest thing for him was just to keep working. I like this guy. Yeah, well, I figured you would. And, and I, I hope your scenarios are not similar. Um, but when we got to the foundation of it, he admitted he's under a tremendous amount of stress. He's under a lot of stress because, you know, the lifestyle that he and his spouse live, they, they just they don't pay attention to the details. So he's constantly in fear that he has to go out and earn more money and fear that they're going to run out. But he really didn't understand mm-hmm. what it cost him. 
as long as I just keep earning a high salary, then I'll never have to, uh, to worry about the details. But he admitted, I can't do this job forever. I shouldn't have been doing it this long because of the stress that I'm under. This is no way for a person to live. So, you know, hopefully you're not in that scenario, but whether you're a high income earner, a, a, a you know, an affluent lifestyle, or you are an average person, it all fundamentally comes back to understanding your cash flow, understanding it so that you can make decisions as to how you want to spend your money. And when, when we talk about the ability to take control of your finances, don't even have to call it retirement, but the ability to say, I'm working at this point now because I want to, because I enjoy what I do, not because I have to, you have to understand what it's going to take to support that lifestyle. You've got to understand your cash flow. Now, what's everyone going through right now? We just talked about it. Inflation means prices are getting higher. Our groceries, our gas through the roof. Many other aspects of our life. People, you know, some surveys have come back said people are going to be traveling this year. Hell or high water. They don't care what the price is. They've gone too long without it. They are traveling. But all of the, the prices of all these things is up. So you've, you've got to start managing the effects of this inflation on your cash flow. And it starts with understanding what your needs are. That's a tough conversation to have with oneself. Because as you get older and uh, you earn some more, you just don't, you simply don't want to deprive yourself of these things. But uh, I learned this from you that um, I need to look after old Greg. Yeah. Uh, 70, 70 is 20 years from now. But if, uh, if my first 50 are any representation of how quickly life can go by, yeah. the, next twist, the next 20 are going to come by real fast. Now, I don't want to live that long. I'm already tired. So <laughs> I'm being a hundred percent honest. People think I'm joking about this. No, man, I tired. I am very tired. But when you, when you say managing your cash flow, is Scott, are you re- speaking strictly of knowing what your budget is? Knowing what your lifestyle costs. It's not about restricting what you do. It's not about cutting back on things unless you choose to do it. I mean, the, the, at the end of the day, the, the choice is yours. But understanding your cash flow and your lifestyle cost, what does it cost you to live? You know, we've had the conversation before. When's enough enough, right? How much do we have to earn? How much wealth do we have to build? We should be enjoying ourselves today, not saving everything for the future. How, when, when is enough enough? How do you start to answer that question if you don't know what you need? So you've got to understand what your lifestyle costs. And thankfully, you know, for, for the gentleman I, I referenced earlier, by the time we completed the analysis, we realized he had far shot past the target of what he needed to accumulate to support his lifestyle. So he could have, I could visually see stress leaving his face. When we, when I put the numbers in front of him and he understood, I actually have done a good job. I've been so afraid to look behind the curtain for fear of what I was going to see. I just never looked. And now that I've looked, I've actually done a pretty good job of this. You know, yeah, I, I understand that. And, you know, especially with people that are suffer from insecurities and anxieties and in mostly just the imposter syndrome, we, we feel that we're never good enough, that we never have enough, that we never work hard enough. So we keep on driving and driving and driving and driving. You know, and I'll tell you this, the, the, the notion of retiring stresses me out, not because 
I need it, but because the notion of not doing anything is enough to drive me absolutely insane. And, uh, you know, I opened up the jujitsu school that we, we've, been, we've been open now for almost four weeks. So I leave the office at five. I get to the jujitsu school at 530 and I don't leave the school until 10, 1030 when we finish cleaning it. So we're clocking in 17 hour days and people ask me, why do I do that? I said, I don't know. It's just, that's just what I've done since I've been nine. I haven't been working 17 hours a day, but um, you you said something very interesting in the break that this generation doesn't want to work anymore. It's like they don't, there's a lot of people that don't understand the meaning of what it is to be employed and driving towards a future that you want to see. And it's mostly because we are afraid of looking behind the curtain. Look, we are afraid of putting limits to what we spend. And also many of us don't have a plan. Oh, I mean, many, many people, I have a plan now, but many people don't have a plan. And this is something that if you listen to the show, you need to ask yourself, number one, do you have a budget? If you don't, you need to make the phone call. Number two, do you have a plan? What are you planning to accomplish? And, you know, in this, com- in this talk that I did uh, last week, uh, Mike, we were talking about something that is, when was said to me, resonated with me so aggressively. If three years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, you were 100% satisfied with your life and happy, how would you know? Yeah. Like, what are the markers? And uh, until, until you have this hard conversation with someone that can help you, that is detached from your feelings and, uh, and, uh, and the subjectivity of your life. And mm-hmm. you can have a professional looking at your finances and say, look, some things have got to change around here. <laughs> and that is yeah. Mike. You're never going to be able to, to take control of what your financial future is. You know, is, is, is this mostly people that come to you, Mike? You know, they come and they come to you and they, they, they have the ability to generate large amounts of income. And uh, but they don't have any idea what their life costs, how to save, how to keep, how to how, how to sustain this. Is this a common thing that happens? It's common. It's, it's not the majority. It's it is common, though. And, you know, there's a lot of people that come to me who have done phenomenal jobs at, at building wealth and, and building their financial situation. Um you know, I've I've often said that you know to a few clients over the years who who've retired and they're very appreciative and thank me very much. And I I keep having to remind them I didn't do anything. You guys brought me along for the ride. I I give you some advice. I give you some guidance. But you guys had to do the hard work. And so some people do come to me and they've they've accumulated very impressive wealth and net worth. But invariably, there are aspects to their financial plan that they never spent any time on that mm-hmm. they've overlooked. So we're, ever, we're able to bring some guidance to things like tax planning, estate planning, uh, you know, intergenerational wealth transfer, um, even just positioning portfolios to create the income they need and, and protect them on the downside. So, um, you know, this is the work that we do and, and it only happens because of all the phenomenal work that they've done sometimes long before they met me. Um, so in your opinion, do you think that this is the perfect time for people to review their financial plan in the, in the middle of all this uh, ambiguity in the market and, 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 and inflations and interest rate? Do you think that yeah. this is the time that financial advisors should be reaching out or customers should be reaching out or maybe they should be reaching out to you? Do you think yeah. this is the time to do it? 
as we've always said, the best time to do that was 10 years ago. Second best time is today. Is today. Is today. And, and the last point on, on this in this segment was yeah. something that you said here that is just stick to your investment plan. So you you recommend people to do nothing in relation to that. Well, you know, when they're looking at what's going on in the markets and trying to decide what should I do in response to this, I, I fundamentally go back to you and say, has your plan changed? It, has your lifestyle cost dramatically changed? Is your intention to retire changed? Is the the legacy you want to leave to your children changed? If none of those things have changed, then why is what's going on in the short term in the markets mean that you have to run back to the drawing board and, and start from scratch? You know, when, when I read that quote about successful lifetime investing being goal focused and plan driven, mm -hmm. just like you said with the markers, we know what the goal is. We know what we're working toward. And so we have the markers to know that we're on track for our success. Sometimes we need to tweak and adjust a little bit, but this shouldn't require a dramatic change fundamentally to where we started. Stay If your goal hasn't changed, if your plan is in place, then tweak it but stay on course to your goal. And the, you know, the second half of that quote being failed lifetime investing is market focused and current events driven. There are so many people that are reactive that think the thing that has worked for, for the last 70 years, all of a sudden doesn't work anymore. This mm. time it's different. Right. And I promise you every time I've seen a market correction, every single time it's happened, it's always been different. The causes, the circumstances, they're never exactly the same. They're always different from the previous one. But the results end up being the same. When the markets go down, it's temporary. And when they when they go up, it's permanent. So don't change your short term and have a short term focus just based on what you see going around you. Folks, you're listening to the Greg Carrasco Show and Money Mike, my personal financial advisor, is here with me in the studio. If you need to reach him, send him an email at moneymike.ca or call him after the show at 905-320-6762. Or you can call us here at the studio, 289-275-9600. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. Lex, take us to a short break. We'll be right back. Tucker here, and if you're hearing the sound of my voice, it's too late to escape. You're listening to the Greg Carrasco Show. My dad told me Saturday mornings used to be for watching cartoons, and now we have to listen to this guy. My name's Lily, and you're listening to the Greg Carrasco Show. That's the way you do it. 
play the guitar on the MTV. That ain't working, that's the way you do it. Money for nothing when you just free. There are so many things Nothing I need to discuss with Money Mike before it's the hour. I have to interrupt a wonderful song. But uh, how is your next week looking, Mike? Let's just make this appointment on air. I mean, this is uh, this is real life stuff. When am I seeing you? All right. What time of day are we looking for? Uh, you you tell me. I can meet you at eight. I'm up at five. So anytime from five o'clock onwards, I can meet you. Um, and um, we can we can look of, at we can look at Wednesday if you want. Yeah, fine. Um, send me the uh, the evite and uh, I'll accept whatever it is. Just remember that um, from seven thirty until eight o'clock, I'm driving my kid to school. So that's the only time that I uh, is blocked off. So eight thirty afterward, basically. Um, Eight o'clock afterwards. Yeah. Eight o'clock after. Okay. Okay. The, um, we need to do some tax planning because I was telling Mike um, the amount of taxes that I paid last year. Uh, she warned me a red carpet every time I go to the local hospital. If I need to go in there, they should just roll out the carpet. <laughs> Lex, do you disagree with this? Come on, man. <laughs> gonna, when I go to Service Ontario, I, so ha- I should have the Secret Service. Carrasco uh, is coming through. I'm going to open up. Open. <laughs> That would be awesome if that was possible. <laughs> no, unfortunately, you know, they don't care about us. <laughs> we should have a second health. You know, actually, there, there is a two-tier medical system here in Canada. You know, you can sign up to clinics that you can just pay additional money and they just they fast track you. Have you heard about this, Mike? I, I have heard that it's, uh, it's, it's starting to become more of a thing for sure. Yeah, for sure. I think it's important because uh, if you want to go and wait for you know, 27 hours at the local hospital until they see you because you have a broken toe or something, and I'm not interested. I don't have that kind of, I don't have that kind of time available to me, so, but uh, we'll do it. Um, you know, before we get off uh, this hour, um, yeah. we need to talk about this. First thing that I asked you the other day, uh, and it's got to do with the do-it-yourself sort of investment thing that are coming, they're becoming a thing, uh, robo-advisors. And I mentioned to you that when I was, um, I know this is going to sound very pompous, but I love saying it. Uh, Well, when I was at Harvard University, uh, (laughs) I had to do a paper. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I want to speak with my teeth kind of close like this. So I had to do a, a paper on uh, on robo advisors and the uh, their contribution to the financial world. And uh, okay. they were, you know, the, the more I, I I glide through my life, I come across people that are they have an app and they just like to invest and do all these things themselves. Yeah. And it begs the question: I mean, how can you possibly jump into a shark tank? Uh, if you are, uh, you know, if you don't know how to swim right. and how, how do you see these things? How do you see this do-it-yourself uh, investment uh, tools that are available to the regular consumer out there? Yeah. Robo-advisors. And, you know, over the years, I've had the time to, to really analyze uh, three of them, the, the two of the largest uh, here in Canada and, and a third that I was exposed to recently. Um, and so I won't, I won't mention names, but, you know, robo advisors are designed to, to take a, a general approach to investing for people who are pretty unengaged, pretty passive, um, 
people who aren't really doing what they need to be doing to get started. And, and so they fill a void. They fill a void of, of people who haven't had a chance to accumulate a lot of wealth yet. So, you know, full service financial advisors aren't really interested in taking them on. It's a bit of a do it yourself approach where they will guide you on, on putting together a portfolio, mostly of ETFs um, to create a portfolio for you that, that you can sort of design to your liking. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, there's definitely a place in the market for it. And so what I would say, and actually my, uh, my practice manager came up with a really good analogy for robo-advisors. Robo-advisors are sort of like a Roomba. <laughs> and so generally speaking, the Roomba does a pretty good job. It may not get into the cracks very well. It definitely can't get into the corners. Um, but if you're just looking to put something on autopilot and let it go, um, it, it's it's going to generally do a, a pretty good job. As my wife points out, though, you probably don't want to be running the Roomba right before your mother-in-law comes over. <laughs> so, you know, if you want a really thorough job, you're not going to leave it to to a, a general approach. Mm. And and so what I have seen is, is you know, there's there's one in particular I invested some money in because I wanted to know for real. I wanted yeah. to say, not theoretically, not what I read in the newspaper, let's open up a portfolio, let's match it up from a risk tolerance perspective to what I do with my own portfolio, and let's see how it does. And the first couple of years, it kind of held its own. It, it stayed in close contact to what uh, my professionally managed portfolios were doing. And then through 2021, it fell behind. And, and so far in 2022, it, it hasn't kept pace. Um, so, you know, that's the, the getting into the cracks part of it. So um, for, for a general approach, that I think that's what they're designed for. But the problem is... I think the people who would use those predominantly and who would use them for years and years, mm-hmm. man, they're, they're starving for knowledge and attention and they just don't know it. Um, and, and so if I use the Roomba analogy, imagine you've, you've set a Roomba to, uh, to its job for, for years on end. And then you, you throw a party and you go, oh, wait a minute. Why, why aren't my bathrooms cleaned? Mm-hmm. Well, well be, because you use a Roomba. Roombas can't get up on the counters and into the sinks and clean the toilet. Well, what about the bedrooms? Well, again, Roombas on the ground floor. It gave you your foundation. Um, so it, it makes it look like you're paying attention. It really can't. You don't know what you're missing when, when you're not exposed to it. So, you know, when you compare it to what a full service advisor does and looking at tax planning, estate mm-hmm. planning, risk management, insurance analysis, looking at intergenerational wealth transfer, integrating the business financial plan with the family financial plan, mm-hmm. um, you know, income planning for business owners, Roomba ain't going to do it. So uh, I think for a lot of people, it can be, uh, and especially for the current generation who love automation, who love uh, doing things digitally, I think mm-hmm. it's going to be a great way for them to start. But eventually they'll graduate and they'll need more attention. So the benefits are 
invaluable of having a person with you sitting down and go through all the cracks and crevices of your budget and your life, because that's essentially what you do. And uh, that's not something that a robo advisor will ever be able to do. Now, why would anybody want to be associated with a product that hasn't been able to keep up with the regular market pace that is provided by a regular investment firm? Well, you know, it, I, I think for, for some people, it's just the idea of having to spend the time and energy on managing this is too much. And obviously, the big attraction of robo-advisors is their, their fees are really, really low. And let me just say to you, they better be. They mm. really better be low. Um, I, I don't think anyone who really wants to pay attention and take control of their finances wants to leave it to a general automation. So uh, it's not to say that they they don't that they do a bad job, but they're not designed to be custom and specific. And well, I, I think is fees is something that always just makes me chuckle. It's the same thing with commissions and salaries. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. think of it in, in, in the terms of a tattoo. You can always get somebody to do it for less. Yeah. <laughs> the yes. question is whether you want to. And uh, uh, you will have a scar for life to prove it. Uh, but uh, I, I have never resented the fees of a professional because if you are good at anything, you should never do it for free. And, and more importantly, you should never give yourself away for cheap if you are really good at anything i don't i don't i never resented the fees in fact i have never asked you even what your fees are because i don't care uh, the service that you provide in my life is invaluable and on that basis i mean i'm, I'm sure that there are some uh, industry standards that you abide by and that's the end of that i i have to there's got to be an implicit trust when it comes to this no I, I appreciate that response. Just know from a regulatory position, I was required to explain to you my fees. You just don't pay attention. And and I appreciate that. I, I appreciate the trust you put into me uh, that it's gone in one ear and out the other. Um, but yeah, it's. Um, well, but look I, I at it. If I cannot trust my financial advisor, who can I trust? Yeah. You know, that's yeah. a pretty simple thing. If I if I don't trust that what you are telling me is the right thing to do, then I have a bigger problem. It, and if you don't, then you've got to shake hands and go your separate ways. No harm, no foul. Let's move on to, uh, to finding a relationship that works for you. For sure. That's, that's the way everyone should do it. Mike, you are a breath of fresh air every time you come on the show. I really appreciate it, um, you know, shedding some light into the financial obscurity that most people uh, live in. And also, if you are listening to the show and you are one of the members of Slacker Nation, and if you've been fortunate enough uh, to amass a little bit of wealth and you have some money sitting there somewhere and you don't know the name of your financial advisor because you've left it to the bank (laughs) or no one has, you know, picked up the phone and say, hey, we should probably sit down to reassess your plan. Um, Maybe this is the best call you will ever make. So Mike is available to you after the show on his personal cell phone number. The number is 905-320-6762 or send him an email at moneymike.ca and he just may change your life. Like he changed mine. Um, I am terrified of sitting down with you about tax planning, Mike. I have to say that out loud, but uh, you know, I know that needs to be done, so I can't get away from you. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you sometime next week. Looking forward to it. Have a good morning, gentlemen. Thank you, Mike. Folks, the show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. And there is where I live. So those who know, know that before you make any car buying decisions, you owe it to yourself. You need to come and see me. Bring a box of Kleenex. 
and uh, the thickest skin that you can find that morning because I will tell you things that you may not want to hear. And Carrasco doesn't care about your feelings. Let's go for a short break. We'll be right back. What's up, everybody? This is Randy Couture, and if I'm not beating people up, I'm listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. Give it a listen. Take care. It is time for Greg Carrasco! Kick it! Whoa, it's the Greg Carrasco Show. Get this party on the road. How fast can this light go? Whoa, yeah. Celebrity guests from the East Coast to the West. Just tuning in, you are listening to the slacker himself. I got myself a set of personalized plates that says slacker. Nice. I've been collecting personalized plates for the better part of the last 20 years. I think I have 12 personalized plates. How do you feel about that, Lex? Hey, if you can spend the money on them, that'd be cool. You I see, would actually have just, like just money spent shame me on air. Uh, <laughs> hey, dude, just what? No, if, if I had extra money to, to use, I would actually get a personalized place with uh, the first three letters LEX and some, whatever after that. <laughs> I don't know if that is ever not taken anywhere in the world. <laughs> Blame but, Michael uh, Rosenbaum and Smallville for that because uh, every I love that show and anytime he uh, anytime his character got on the screen with a car it was who's this twenty uh, he was uh, actor Michael Rosenbaum he played Lex Luthor in Smallville back in from two thousand and one to two thousand and nine I think okay yeah uh, but either but either way his his Lex Luthor was in my mind the definitive Lex Luthor of the Superman series of the entire Superman franchise and Good. whenever he got on the screen with a car uh, his car always had Lex with a Roman numeral on the uh, on, on the uh, on the plate number and he had like 20 cars at least so <laughs> wow you, you nerded right out Lex of course look at me <laughs> have you not hey, have you, you not what? listened to me over the past <laughs> three or four months that I've been with you <laughs> you know what there's nothing wrong with that he's just passionate about it of course of course <laughs> well, you he's know, passionate I... about Lex Luthor 
<laughs> hey, look, bald head, acting, oh music, <laughs> but- <laughs> everything except the money that Lex Luthor has, which oh. I actually have to uh, contact Money Mike himself and make it a point with him and really sit down because, you know, four months of you guys talking, hey, it gets to me and is like, hey, you know what? You got a point. You know, the, the, the interesting thing about Money Mike is that um, a lot of people think that I'm joking about uh, the fact that uh, he changed my life because over the years, I mean, oh, by the way, folks, if you have anything to say, call me 289-275-9600. This is the hour of the grievances. If something is bothering you, the government, traffic, Doug Ford, I don't know about that. Uh, <laughs> Jack needs sing <laughs> the uh, gun ban. You name it. Your neighbor, somebody's bothering you. Call me. I want to hear about it. This is the hour that you use to complain. You complain. Put your complaint into your universe and uh, you can come here. This is, you know what you hear? That's my shoulder. You can cry on this one. <laughs> you know, my shoulders are broad. I can carry the weight of the of the world on Saturday mornings on 9.60 a.m. And uh, uh, before I answer what I was going to say to you, Lex, there is, um, there is a slacker that's been listening to the show for a long time. Um, a big shout out to Ken Friedman. You know, he says, uh, hey, Greg, I think older cars have better a.m. reception than the newer ones. He says, I, uh, I still... I uh, thought that you would be interested to know that the 2012 Hyundai Touring that he bought from Avshin back in 2016, he said, I was able to hear you this morning on the radio with very little interference driving north on Airport Road all the way just north of Mansfield. I have no idea where Mansfield is. Somebody told me that uh, it's close to where the devil lost his poncho. And, uh, <laughs> and he said, I was really surprised. So Ken... You're a slacker. You're an esquire. The Carrasco show pays some respect to you. I love these people. They've been listening to me for over a decade now, and they still tune in to listen to what I have to say. But, you know, I want to go back to what you were saying about Money Mike. A lot of people think I joke when I say that Money Mike just changed my life. Um, the car industry is is a very it's a fascinating industry to me, Lex, mm-hmm. because um you know, whereas a lot of people concentrate is, you know, what is the least amount of money that somebody can pay me? You know, what is minimum wage here? You know, what is what is the person that makes the least amount of money? You know, that's a common question that I have to answer every time I interview somebody new. It's a common thing. Okay. What is the least amount of money? But my brain never worked that way. My brain was, what is the limit? What is the most that somebody can make here? <laughs> you know, that was that was where my head was. Because I, I've always had a very healthy disregard for the impossible. So call it confidence, call it arrogance, call it cockiness. I don't care. But uh, I, I knew the car business was going to be the vehicle that I was going to use to to be successful. I, I knew I was going to kill it no matter where I was going to do it. So it was the car business. But anyways, so my ability to generate income uh, was never really correlated or associated with my ability to retain income. <laughs> because uh, you see, when you come from poverty like that, you don't deprive yourself. <laughs> you know, when you have no, no shoes growing up, um, you, you have to have 50 pairs of shoes because you never know if you're going to be able to buy another pair of shoes afterwards. So those were 
very, very, folks, I do not condone that sort of behavior when it comes to shoes. Do not. 50 pairs of shoes is excessive. So don't do it. <laughs> but I'm not saying that I don't understand it. <laughs> but anyways, so here I was, I, you know, I, I had gone through uh, a marriage for, I don't know, a hundred years I was married, seems like. Uh, but I think it was like a few years. And uh, I was, you know, somebody pushed the reset of my finances in my early 40s, like mm, go back to zero. What? Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, what? There was no prenuptial agreement. There was nothing. So anyways, uh, then I, that's the, the communists the listening commies. to the show. Yeah, the commies are yeah. listening to the show, folks. Forget about that thing that you hear. That's the commie bell. Uh, but anyways, so I, uh, I contacted Mike and uh, we put together a plan. And uh, I can tell you, Lex, that uh, if, if people knew what I know about Money Mike, um, they would not be going and doing dealing with any other financial advisor in the entire country because um, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, my standards are pretty high when it comes to this sort of thing. And uh, um, it's very difficult for me to trust anything or anyone. I just simply don't. It's one of those things that you learn when you grow up in the hood and middle of gang ridden you know, <laughs> territory. You don't just don't trust anybody. And you're in a constant state of protection. You know, you back yourself into a corner and you're ready to fight at any given point. And uh, Mike, with his demeanor and uh, his trustworthiness over the last few years, has been able to not only bring my hands down uh, and, and not engage him in a fight, but also I, I trust him with my money, which is something that I never did before. But uh, what he has been able to do for me, he literally changed my life legs um, because he he did not care about my feelings. And I love people who don't care about your feelings. And I'll tell you why. This is another one of those Gregisms. People confuse nice with good. Often good people are not that nice. And often nice people are not that good. <laughs> so I didn't need somebody to be nice to me. Tough love, call it what you want. I don't care. But the truth is this. Sometimes you need some tough love. Sometimes people need to come into your life and tell, you know, you're a mess. You are a wreck. Somebody needs to come to you and say, you are fat. You're going to die if you don't make some changes. So Mike came to my life and said, you know what, Greg, you know, you're, you're a mess. You need to get your life in order. Yeah, you make money, but uh, you, you can't sustain this. So my advice to anyone that's listening to the show is that if you have not heard from your financial advisor and you have been lucky enough to amass a little bit of wealth, call Money Mike. He will literally change your life. And also, he's one of the nicest human beings you'll ever meet. So once you get past that, no, he doesn't have a very thick crust. He's a nice person. But he's also good, which is something that you don't find very often. Money Mike is a rock star. Who do we have on the line, Nick? Uh, we have Ruth Mary, who wants to talk about the mess uh, of inflation. Ruth, thank you for calling the Carrasco Show. Talk to me. What's on your mind? I don't listen to any other stations, okay? 
That's awesome. Conspiracy station that I listen to mostly now. No, because they're all one-sided now, in a way. So um, I'm calling with figures to the uh, inflation or what the mess that we're in. Um, Greg, it's... <laughs> It just makes me sad what I hear from the radio stations and that not yours, okay? But some of the other ones, they talk like our prime minister does. We are in the situation we are because when you put tax on our gas and everything, that's going to inflate everything, of course. And that's known as a regressive tax that affects all of us. doesn't matter how much money you have, you know what I mean? Or me. Um, it is, uh, I went, to, uh, um, I took economics in high school, and then I took it at university. Um, I'm not a brain or anything like that. I went to university because my brother did. So I thought, well, hey, why not? And I took economics. And that's one thing that's stuck in my head, that what, whenever I hear they don't know, oh, you know, and there's other factors. And the other factor, I would say 75% is to do with the government. They give money to big business, a lot of other things. And another thing, Greg, that they don't even care about the seniors. A lot. I'm a young senior, and I live on a certain amount of money. I work back in the 70s. I'm also a woman. Back then, <laughs> we weren't making that much money, and there weren't that many unions. I worked for smaller companies, and you never thought about that. Hello? Well, you know, I I I hear you, Ruth. And well, when I come, no, I know, but when I come down to see you, we can chat for a while because I'll become. I my my knee is still not healed because I had the knee replacement, and once I um, I'm finished and able to drive in everything, uh, I'm coming down to see you with regards to the car. But no, okay. that's well, that's it is. I've heard it on the radio from other P, uh, individuals that it's, it's a regressive tax, and everything's going up, and seniors. And also, our MP, I have an MP, I'm in Etobicoke Lakeshore, uh-huh. and he knows me. He do, You can't talk to him. Nobody will talk to you that you just keep on leaving a message or something. I keep on doing that. Even my MPP, but she got elected again, but nobody came out to vote. Ruth, you know, I, I really, I I, Ruth, sorry, I just, I just need I to, I, I just need to go into a commercial, but Ruth, I really appreciate the phone call. I, I hope that you are able to get through to your MP or your MPP at some point in this. And uh, once your knee heals, I'm sure that I'm going to see you at the store, but uh, folks, let's take a short break. This is the hour of the grievances here on the Carrasco show. Uh, if, there, if you have something on your mind, call me 289-275-9600. If you want to complain about the weather, if you want to complain about traffic, the government, philosophy, religion, you name it, politics. We can take a deep dive into politics. Let's do it together. 289-275-9600. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. And until the end of the month, folks, if you look at, if you have an extra car in your house and uh, you don't know what to do with it, you don't need it anymore, or you want to cash in into this crazy high-priced wave on used cars, bring it to me. And if I end up buying it from you, I will cut you a check. And on top of that, we will give you a $1,000 gas card. Nobody else is doing this. So we are going to be buying your vehicle within the next three or four weeks and just bring it to us and let's see what we can do. Lex, take us to a short break. We'll be right back.
name is Sean Avery. I love getting under people's skin, but not as much as this guy. You're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. Hey, hey, what's up, Toronto? When the boogeyman goes to sleep, he checks under his bed for me. Ken Shamrock here, and you're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. Hello, Toronto. Folks, you're listening to the Greg Carrasco Show. We are Canada's largest automotive radio show. We are live coming to you from Sutton 960, the last free radio station that we have left in Ontario. We should be protecting and supporting 960 in ways you couldn't imagine. In my, what, 16-year radio career is the only radio station that I can actually speak my mind <laughs> without having to bend down and bow down to corporate interest feels good must be liberating you must feel free eh uh well it seems like uh you know anything even come close to the word liberate liberal is uh, oh, is something that restricts on, everything <laughs> no man is that you I know feel like you you have ptsd every time you hear the word liberal it's <laughs> I do. I do because um I I hold my favorite dictator Justin Trudeau as personally responsible for me leaving the left. Uh you know I uh, I'm embarrassed to say that I held a a membership at the Liberal government for I don't know 15 or so years. I pay my dues, man. I I I supported the cause at one point. But uh you know Justin Trudeau made me leave the left and uh um, I started to read a little more and I started to understand where the country was going and uh, I, I can't do it anymore. Um, in your opinion, would you say, do you think that Justin Trudeau is the worst prime minister in the history of Canada? Absolutely. There's not even a question. Not, not even a question. And, it, and one of the reasons why I resent this notion the most is because, you know, he, 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 he lied to us all. Um, I mean, he hasn't kept a single promise, but I mean, from an ethics committee, he's the only prime minister that has been in front of the ethics committee for, what, four times now? And and there is no price. It's like nobody cares. Uh, you know, in this woke political correctness environment, he's been able to get away with stuff that no one would ever get away with. Um, you Do you disagree with that? No, no not, not really. And I'd say, though, that, the main thing is he, um, in recent years, he hasn't had really much of a threat when it, from the Conservative Party. I think that the last two leaders, especially you know, when you look at someone like Andrew Scheer, they were not convincing enough to get enough people. Do you think conviction is what is needed in the in the I, in the Conservative Party of Canada? I think you know what what it is. I think politics has, has become a lot more about appearances now, and 
Are you charismatic? Do you show strength? Do you, do you think you that show- I should run for the uh, for the uh, leadership of the Conservative Party of Canada? Hey, you could, you could <laughs> Brett. You could. You could. You, you know, it is, I don't know about that. But you know, it is interesting because I feel like politics used to be a lot more about policy and actual, you know, qualifications and intellect. Now it's a lot more about appearances and and charisma. And are you are you a good public speaker? And do you do you, do people like you personally? And do they feel like you know you they can trust you? That's it's become a lot more about that. Yeah, but I mean, if you look at Trudeau and you think that people feel that they can trust him, I mean, really? Is that no, I don't, is that what you think you can trust? Come so. on, man. No, I don't think so. But I think they were looking at the other options, too, and they weren't convinced that they could trust them either. And then none of people voted for the other side. Well, but he, he well, I know what you're saying. I, I think I, I think I know what you're saying. And that is the cult of personality, right? You know, in certain people's taste. You know, Justin Trudeau is a handsome man with good hair and whatnot, as if that is important in any way, shape or form. But I mean, think about this for a second. Think of the level of egotistical narcissism that somebody needs to have in order for them to have never accomplished anything important in their entire life. And simply because their father had an important name or they were famous they say, you know what? I can be the prime minister of the country and lead 38 million people. <laughs> if I can't do it, who can? It's like, Wait, what? And what's even more disturbing is the fact that so many Canadians said, oh, oh yeah, yeah, he's the one. He's got good hair. Therefore, he's going to be a good prime minister. It's like, what? What are we talking about here? Yeah. So it's good hair. One of the qualifying features for a good prime minister, Lex. I'm out of the race, man. I've lost already. (laughs) So have I. (laughs) Maybe, maybe maybe if you run, you you could wear a wig. No, (laughs) no, no, no. no. (laughs) Oh, don't, folks, don't do that, man. Don't, don't do it. Don't, don't, don't wear a wig. We all know you're wearing a wig. Usually, (laughs) when people do it, usually it's pretty obvious. It's you know, you might as well just embrace the fact that you've lost your hair. Someone looks better if you know than with a wig. No, don't, don't, folks, don't, don't wear a toupee. Don't wear a wig. Don't do it. We all know. There's nobody wants to tell you because they don't want to hurt your feelings. But we all see you walking around in the mall, and usually you have, you know, your shirt open with a big gold medallion coming down on your chest. (laughs) (laughs) And when you look down, there is a little flap that comes up. It's like a hard <laughs> flap on the back of your neck. Those, those people are those people pray that every day there won't be a gush of wind that comes out of nowhere and just you know that's that's not good. But uh, by the way, we do have a call. <laughs> we we do, yeah. uh, folks. If you uh, if you like to argue with me, I would love to hear what you have to say. The number to call is two eight nine. 275-9600. And this is the hour of the grievances here at the Carrasco Show. Uh, Christian, he wants to talk about something that I don't know what it is. Christian, thank you for calling the Carrasco Show. How can I make your life better this morning? Christian. Hey, Chris. hey, Christian, how are you? Can you hear me? Hey. Talk to um, me. Actually, on the topic of hair, uh, I say Doug Ford has pretty good hair, too. He so, does. He actually does. I ask him what his routine is. <laughs> no, no, I really don't care that much. <laughs> I okay. have other questions okay. to ask Doc Ford, but not about his hair. Uh, what's on your mind? Uh, I wanted to ask a car question on restoration. I can't hear you, man. Can you speak up a little closer to the uh, to the mic so we can hear you? 
Okay, can you hear me now? I can hear you now. So go ahead. What's your question? Uh, rust proofing, $150. Is it worth it? Like on a 2019 car? What kind of car do you have? It's a Mazda CX-3. Okay, so listen to me. Who would yeah. charge you 150 bucks for rust proofing? Yeah, that was uh, Crown Rust, whatever Crown Crown. Well, just yeah. just think about this. Do you think that uh, you can protect a uh, a twenty five thousand dollar vehicle with a one hundred and fifty dollar spray? What do you think? Uh probably not. Who okay, knows? so if you know the answer to the question, uh, why are you doing it? I'm just curious. Uh they gave the recommendation of doing the spray. Uh, they said it's important, you know, basically gave me, actually that was, it was, uh, Mr. Lube when I did the oil change there, they gave the recommendation to do the rust proofing. So I said, and, maybe okay, I'll hold on a second, it. hold on a second, <laughs> Christian, we, uh, we need to have a conversation here, brother. Your vehicle okay. is a 2019 okay, Mazda CX-3, correct? Yes. How many kilometers do you have on your car? Uh, 51,000. So you're still under warranty. Yeah, uh, I think it expired. Yeah, it expired. No, I don't think I don't think it expired. So you know, even Mazda have a five-year, one hundred thousand kilometer warranty, and they have a three-year, sixty comprehensive. So, the question is a very simple question: Why are you taking your vehicle that is under manufacturer warranty to Mister Lube for an oil change? Uh, I needed an oil change, and I just did it. No, know. but I mean, why would you take it to Mr. Lou? I mean, no disrespect to Mr. Lou, do what you want, but why would you take a vehicle that is under warranty to Mr. Lou? Uh, yeah, that was basically a decision made out of convenience. Yep. Okay, so, Christian, <sighs> Nick is having a tough time containing the laughter here because... He knows that my recommendation to you is going to be to take your right hand, like open your, the palm of your right hand and drive your face to it very, very rapidly because you're doing everything wrong, my brother. Listen to me, okay? Okay. When you yeah. have a vehicle that is under manufacturer warranty, I mean, even after, after manufacturer warranty, you're doing yourself a disfavor by not developing a relationship with your selling dealer or the dealer of the brand of the vehicle that you're driving. You get all sorts of different recommendations for people that have vested interest in you spending the money for no reason. When was the last time that you check all the campaigns and recalls on your car? Uh, I haven't checked. You know why you haven't checked? Why? Because that's not your job. That's the job of the dealer. And if you don't take it to the dealer, you don't have anybody checking for campaigns and recalls. And even if they did check for campaigns and recalls, they cannot fix them because they're not qualified to do warranty work. So you are literally leaving free service on the table for the sake of convenience. Okay. So where do you live? I'm in Toronto. Whereabouts in Toronto? Uh, East York, if you know of it. East York. There's got to be a Mazda yeah. store around you, no? Scarborough Mazda, I think yeah, there is there one. Is. Scarborough Mazda, right? Yeah. Uh, let me tell you something, actually. This uh, 
previous oil change, I did the full essential. Speak closer to the microphone. The dealer. Yes. Hello. Yes. Go ahead. Okay. All right. I did the oil change, the first oil change at the Mazda dealer. But uh, basically, their appointments were full, so I went to Mr. Lou. That's my story. So yeah. that's the story that you're choosing to tell yourself to convince that you made a good decision when it was a terrible mistake because now they're sending, you know, did you end up only doing the oil change or you did some more work? I did only the oil change, yeah. How much did they charge you for an oil change? I think $79.99 plus tax or something like that. You just gave yeah. me indigestion, Christian. <laughs> My friend, how listen much, to me. How much should they be charging me? No, <laughs> that's not the point. The point <laughs> is this. The, the point is that you are not saving any money in getting the oil changed on there, but you are leaving free service on the table. Now, why is it that you needed to have the oil change? Were you well past the kilometers? How many kilometer interval have you had before you changed the oil? Uh, I'm pretty sure it was 8,000. So you need it. You couldn't wait another day without a, without getting the oil change. No, I couldn't. <laughs> so what would have happened if you <laughs> drove one more day without changing the oil on your Mazda CX-3? I don't know what would have I can tell you what would have happened. Nothing. No appointment was necessary, and I did it, man. Sorry. Well, listen to me. <laughs> I, and this goes to everybody that's listening to the show. If for the sake of convenience, you are literally making mistakes like this, this is a this is a terrible mistake that you're making. And for the previous oil chain, did you also take it to Mr. Lube? No, I didn't. I took it to the Mazda dealer. Okay, yeah. so you need to hold on. You need next time you go to the Mazda dealer, Christian, you need to go and book your appointment, and then before you leave the store, book your next appointment. So that way. There is always a place for you. And this is the this is the issue right here. You're not looking, you're not planning your future. You're not looking far ahead. So every time you leave the dealership from service, you should book your next one. So that way you know that you need to come down and they will have a place for you that day. So you never have to scramble about getting the oil changed because otherwise the engine is gonna blow up the next day. And although that's not the way that works. But what I'm saying to you is simple. You need to develop a relationship with your dealer, man, because that's the way the dealership is going to advise you and what the right thing to do is. And did you buy the deal, uh, your Mazda from this dealership or you bought it from ABC Motors? I bought it from the dealership, yeah. Okay, so why didn't you buy Gyro it Mazda. from the dealer? Uh, I didn't think I needed it. And now you need it because Mr. Loop told you? Yes. Oh, man. Mr. Lube is influential. Christian, I love you, man. And I, I thank you for listening to the show, but you need to get your behind to the master store and ask the guys there if it's something that you need. And if it's something that you need, talk to the business manager at your local master store and they will advise you what the right thing to do is. You know, let the master dealership deal with your master car. Okay. 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 Thank you for the advice. Thank, thank, thank you. you, Christian. <laughs> That's some tough love for you there. You see, this is the reason why people listen to the show, folks. 
Because there are so many of us that are making decisions that don't make any sense. And that makes no sense. <laughs> Why would you take a vehicle that is under warranty to some random? <laughs> Why are you laughing so much, Nick? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm trying to control myself. Why? I'm sorry. No, 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 no. You know, it's just... Uh... No, we'll talk about it during the break. We'll talk about it. No, the- <laughs> say it on air. You know, this is important conversations that need to be had. No, I just think that, you know, like you said, it definitely was a, a missed opportunity, you know, especially if he's still on the extended warranty to to go to Mr. Mr. Lube. I just think that maybe Christian was trusting Mr. Lube a little bit too much. Well, nothing's going to happen if you if you need to change the oil in a day, in one more day. It's going to make a difference whether your vehicle lives or dies or your engine explodes or not. Then you have a bigger issue here. But there, there is not a single dealership that wouldn't take you to get your service done if you give them enough time. It's just that's just not the way it works. And those are bad habits that people get into. You know, look, again, there is no disrespect to Canadian Tire, OK, because they have a place in my heart. Canadian Tire is a cool place. You know, whatever you're looking for, they have it. The local here is a mess. The one on Dundas and Trafalgar is a mess. You can never find help. Oh, really? Eh? Yeah. You know, when my son was in university, he, you know, he got himself a job there uh, for the summer because he needed to work. And he didn't want to work as a lot boy at my dealership. So he showed up for work at, at this Canadian Tire. Uh, there was no one to receive him, no one to give him any instruction. And he resigned two hours after waiting for somebody to give him some instruction on something to do. He says, Dad, what do you want me to do? This is a mess. Wow. Two hours. Wow. <laughs> yes. He just stood there waiting for somebody to tell him what to do for Jesus. the job that he has just been hired to do. But anyway. Yeah. I digress aggressively. So no disrespect to my friends at Canadian Tire. When I see Land Rovers and Mercedes getting their oil changed, like new models or recent models, Land Rovers, Range Rovers and Mercedes, Canadian Tire getting the oil changed. My, the first thought that goes to mind is like, man, you're reaching. You, you're reaching. If you spend all your money buying yourself a Land Rover and you suddenly cannot afford an oil change for the same Land Rover that you drive and you have to go to Jiffy Lube or Bista Lube or Canadian Tire to get it done. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that, that can be a problem, you know, and sometimes you, not often, but once in a while, you know, you'll you'll drive by, a, a, you know, a neighborhood that's, you can tell it's, you know, uh housing where with you know where with not like you know smaller apartments where the rent's like not too high and then once in a while in the in the driveway or in the parking lot you see a bmw or a range rover or you know a mercedes and you're thinking like well you know that's someone that's maybe investing a little bit too much money in their car yes and no i mean many of those used luxury vehicles end up in in those neighborhoods for sure but the one thing that people forget is that the older the luxury vehicle is, the more expensive they become. The cheapest <laughs> luxury vehicle is a brand new luxury vehicle. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because at that point, nothing really is going to go wrong. And if it does go wrong, it goes under the warranty. So you don't have to, you don't need to be surprised by a giant repair bill. But people forget 
that just because you're driving a seven or eight year old Mercedes or a seven or eight year old BMW or Audi, uh, that yeah, you may pay significantly less to get one because they their their value is retained as much as the buoyancy of a stone. It just they just drop, they just drop. Um, but the prices of repairs have the opposite effect. The older the luxury vehicle is, the higher the prices become. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, no, I, I do know what you're talking about. And yeah, that, that's the thing. I think a lot of people, they, they'll see, a, you know, maybe like a 2015 Audi or a 2013 Mercedes for sale. And they think, wow, the great deal and everything. But like you said, it's they're going to be paying that money back in the, you know, the, the cost of maintaining it. And the repairs. And unfortunately, many of these folks don't take the, dealers, the, the vehicles back to the actual brand of the car itself. So yeah. they end up at the mercy of somebody doing an analysis that may or may not be accurate but folks there are so many lessons to learn when it comes to this sort of thing that uh, it it amazes me the stigma that most people have in the service departments of car dealerships today when having spent 30 years in new car dealers dealers because i've never worked at a used car lot i can i can tell you that with very very few exceptions you will find that most service managers are good people that are trying to help their customers in a way to retain them, not something that they, they can take advantage of. Now, will you find bad apples? And will will one of you is going to say, oh, you know, I had a bad experience once. All right. You had a bad experience once. Have you only serviced your vehicle once in your entire life? No. So why are you talking to me about that one bad experience that you had and not the other 99.9% of the experiences that were phenomenal? We need to stop focusing about on the bad things and just look for the good. I mean, that's not a bad way of living, but we need to take a short break. The lines are still open, 289-275-9600. If if you're brave enough to call me, <laughs> do it. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. And until the end of the month, let us buy your car. If we buy it, we'll give you the best price that you can get and also a $1,000 gas card. So don't make any trade-in decisions without talking to me first. Lex, let's go and take us to a break. We'll be right back. What's up, everybody? This is Randy Couture, and if I'm not beating people up, I'm listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. Give it a listen. Take care. Darcy Tucker here, and if you're hearing the sound of my voice, it's too late to escape. You're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. Too 
selection. Fire. It's fire this morning. It's on point, Greg. It's on point. You know why I put all the songs uh, on air this morning, Alex? Tell me. Because Mr. Lube told me so. <laughs> <laughs> if Mr. Lube says it, we got to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the bottom line because Mr. Lube said so. What? <laughs> Isn't that a Steve Austin, uh, you know, line? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you allowed to say hell? Some people might get offended. <laughs> hey, hey Stone Cold can do it. Hey, Stone Cold said so. Hey, I'm sorry. <laughs> you want to hear something funny? I remember back in, in grade in grade three, when I was in grade three, someone in my class said, What the heck? Yeah. And the, the teacher was offended. She said, Don't say heck in my classroom. It's too close to hell. Don't say that word. I won't tolerate that language. <laughs> Did she say it in that tone? Sounds pretty scary here, well, man. It was kind of, it was honestly kind of like that. Wow. You know, if, if saying the word heck uh, is enough to vex you, you know, your life is way too perfect, you know, way, way, way too perfect. But, uh, you know, that was uh, that was an interesting phone call that we got there <laughs> before the break. But uh, we should cut out the sound bit that says, uh, um, because Mr. Loop told me to. <laughs> you know, I'd rather use the word, you know, what would Carrasco do? That's a better thing to ask yourself, you know. Yeah, you're presented with a conundrum and you say, what would Carrasco do on this one? Uh, and uh, I, I promise you, if you use some of the principles that we have here on the show, you're going to live a better life, I think. Just not on relationships, because I, I, I'm terrible at relationships. I, I will give my advice on relationships, but don't take it. You know, whatever I tell you about that, don't take it. <laughs> so, Nick, I'm not, I'm not your man for that. I, I'll tell you how... Uh, ways that I can totally destroy your life. That that you know, I'll give you some experience on that. But uh, you know, a lot of people listen to the show, and uh, because you need to take a stand on things if you're going to have any sort of show that is compelling or fun to listen to. And the fact that you're listening to the show right now is is a testament to the fact that we are able to keep you engaged for hours of the time. And even though the basement dweller is the biggest fan of the show, uh, there are many awesome people, not, him not being one, that listen to the show on a weekly basis. So having a three-hour stream of consciousness show here on a Saturday morning in one of the in, in the largest Canadian market makes me a big target. You know, I'm easy to take shots at. It's okay. I'll take it. But I'm going to read something to you and. Please forgive me because my accent always comes out when I read something that uh, Teddy Roosevelt wrote some time ago. One of my jiu-jitsu school has it printed on a plaque on the wall, and I love it. You know, I have it on my Instagram. And Teddy Roosevelt says, it is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement 
and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. This work is called The Man in the Arena. Yeah, this is an easy target <laughs> because we have opinions and we share them with the, war, with the world. If you don't stand for something, you stand for nothing. You're just a victim. Life is something that happens to you. You offended. Boo. Who? Nobody cares. Nothing happens when you're offended. That's why I made that decision a long time ago, Nick. I refuse to be offended. I cannot be offended. I try you. You know, if you would only see my email feed, folks. Oh, wow. If you saw my email feed from the basement dweller, because he's absolutely obsessed with my show. And, uh, you know, he he is like he's like by my barometer of insanity of the world, you know, because I've never met this person. I've never shaken his or her hand. I don't know if he's a boy or a girl or both. I don't know. Um, and uh, when somebody can take that kind of time in their life just to listen to the show for three straight hours every, every single weekend and just criticize what we do here, that's an easy thing to do. That's lazy. It's so lazy. What are you doing that's important? You know what? He does the opposite of what you do. You know, you, you just said you've chosen to not get offended. And he gets offended by nothing. And then he sends, <laughs> is... and then he sends 10 emails. Uh, you know, folks, just so you know why we always laugh about this is because uh, in one of the latest uh, email uh, tirades from uh, the basement dweller, he threatened that he was going to come to my store now. <laughs> Oh my God! <laughs> I take good money uh, to see that happen. What's that? I take good money to see that happen and see how you would handle them. No, you, you <laughs> or her, he, he uh, whoever that is. You know what, Greg? My opinion is he he won't do it. He won't do it. You know his his happy place is behind the key behind the the, the computer typing on his keyboard. Ah, <laughs> uh, anyways, those were three hours that flew by is uh, it's amazing thank you so much to each and every one of you that uh, indulges the carrasco show including you nick and lex and jody that has left us i think i don't know where jody is i just see an empty room that's like my brain half the time it's just an empty place just trying to save it to talk to you on saturday mornings but um, folks a couple of things before i go if you happen to be in the car industry or in, in, in the process of buying a vehicle, please, please, I, I implore you, don't wait to buy your car. Do not wait to buy your car. The, my sources from the industry, and they're pretty good sources, tell me a couple of things. Uh, number one, that the interest rates are going to go up another two or three times before the end of the year. Uh, we broke a record uh, this week with interest rates from the bank right now on used cars. Uh, some banks are offering a whopping 8% interest rate. What? That's right. 8%. So if you wait 
I wouldn't be surprised if bank rates on automotive financing reached the 10% before the end of the year. So get yourself in, lock yourself into a loan right now, and uh, it's going to cost you less. Secondly, prices of vehicles are going up, and uh, I reckon that they will go up two more times before the end of the year. So everything that you can find today is, is less money than it will be in two months from now. Anyways, folks, thank you so much for listening to the Carrasco Show. And if you have any other questions, come and see me personally at Oakville Nissan in Oakville Infinity. I live there. I have no life. There is something happening there at OakvilleNissan.com. serving with you all. Autobots, roll out!